Welcome to the Salted Carmel Podcast from Our Lady of Mount Carmel. This is a brand new podcast where we are going to spread evangelization stories to the ends of the earth from normal parishioners like yourselves. I'm David Cook, the Stewardship Director from Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and my co-host is the unforgettable Jody Curtis. Our guest today is Father Joshua Jenko. Father Jenko is the Catholic chaplain at the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, Colorado. But he is a son of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and he's currently serving a six-month deployment to take care of our nation's sons and daughters. So thank you, Father Jenko, for serving in that role. Hey, Father. Uh, we are going to go through basically your testimony. Do you mind sharing with us in a few sentences what your life was like before Christ, before you knew Christ? Sure. Thanks for asking me that good question. So I was baptized in the Catholic Church when I was a little kid, like a lot of us, you know, went through that experience, you know, went through, I would say the motions of being a Catholic, going through religious education, receiving my sacraments. But sadly, after confirmation, I kind of was not as involved as I, you know, really would have liked to have been. But thankfully, a couple years after confirmation, you know, I believe, you know, God kind of drew me back in. But I, I can say, you know, those years without Christ, yeah, it was just a very worldly pursuits. You know, I was a runner in high school and, you know, that kind of was my life and my identity. But it was after discovering Christ that I really was able to glorify God through my running and knowing then that my identity is, is in Christ and he gives me the abilities and the talents to do what I did, so... And did you have, was there one concrete moment when you felt there, there was a change in that identity or? Well, actually it was through Our Lady Mount Carmel's youth ministry that I just started to realize that we're created for so much more than, you know, what this world has to offer and getting to go on a retreat and hearing some other testimonies and witnesses of, you know, priests and even fellow teenagers kind of gave me a new awareness of, whoa, I've been pursuing the wrong thing in my life. Hmm. So it's kind of like a shock to your system. Like this isn't what I was doing was wrong. It really was. I was like, my priorities were not right. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a really powerful uh, confession, you know, where I was really able to just unload all, all the, all the, the sin and, you know, and that had distanced me from Christ and, you know, his grace kind of poured in and, and changed my life. And at that time, did you have any thoughts that you might become a priest or just were beginning to develop that closer relationship with God? At that time, it was just growing in that relationship. Did start to kind of pursue some spiritual direction just to try to guide me in, you know, growing in my prayer life and, and uh, growing in my faith. But there was something attractive to me with the priests that were serving us, teenagers. I saw men who were dedicated and, and in love with the faith and really wanting to impart that to us. There was something pretty special there, and it caught my attention. But I don't think I was like, oh, I want to be a priest now. It was a little... <laughs> so watching someone serve you or dedicate their life to something not self-centered was really motivating for you. Can you speak more about that? Absolutely. Yeah. It's just 
I think John Paul II, St. John Paul II said, you know, that we, you know, we can't really come to an awareness of who we truly are until we give ourselves as gift. And, um, and so that for me kind of clenched, you know, my life's mission of again, getting out of myself to serve others and have been able to, I did that before I was a priest, you know, when I had opportunities to give back to youth ministry and, and even young adult ministry. And then finally, when I started in the ordained ministry, and that's where really where the rubber met the road for me. Yeah. Did you go to college first or did you start in seminary? So after high school, I went to Carmel High School. I went to college and I studied to be a teacher because I had family members that were teachers. And after college, I couldn't find a job right away. So I actually worked for one year at my college as a recruiter, uh, admissions counselor. And it was during that year that I started really discerning. And it would be the following year that I started seminary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> and did, do you think others were noticing this conversion and change in you? Or were you trying to keep that quiet? Or how vocal were you? I think, yeah, it was something that, again, I started to find my identity more in Christ and in my Catholic faith. So just surrounding myself with other young Catholic Christians helped me to grow and to keep accountable and to keep focused. I would start sharing things with my family members. At the time, my dad was a non-practicing Jew, and I, I remember, you know, evangelizing him, if you will, just sharing with him my experiences. And I remember once giving him a little, little Bible with the New Testament in there. And then he would later convert to Catholicism, which is pretty cool. But um, yeah, it wasn't a secret. And, you know, I would pray before I ran races kind of in my latter high school years and then even in college. So, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So now that you're living out your vocation and especially in the, the Air Force, like, what is that like? What is your life like in Christ living this out? Yeah. Well, again, I am a Catholic chaplain. And, and so, you know, my responsibilities primarily is, you know, I wear the uniform because I'm a Catholic priest. That's my job. But we have a unique role in serving our men and women in uniform of all faiths. Now, I don't have to practice other religions or perform other, other ceremonies for other faith groups, because I'm not a rabbi, an imam, I'm not a Protestant chaplain, etc. But if people come to me and they would like to practice their faith or their religion, part of my, my job, part of my role is helping to provide religious accommodation, which is part of our First Amendment. So that's been really neat to be able to support them. And also it's been neat to be a part of a chapel team with chaplains of all different faith groups. And uh, I appreciate that. My um, supervisor is actually a rabbi, which is pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> wow. So you get a lot of interfaith work then, I imagine. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Didn't realize that. That's pretty unique. Yeah. Who is your greatest faith influencer now or earlier in your life? I would say my mom was a big part of my faith formation growing up as far as helping me um, prepare for sacraments and you know, she was one of my 
CCD teachers and, you know, which is religious education. So that was neat that in her own life, she realized, hey, I need to get back to practicing my faith and I need to make sure my son Joshua can receive that, um, those gifts too. Um, so she was really a big part of that. But also I had some peers that were really um, helpful for me. And then, like I said earlier, there were some priests that were influencers for my faith journey, not just be- towards becoming a priest, but just first and foremost, becoming a disciple and trying to live for Christ, you know, in- in- including some of our, our own priests who are not too far from you all, Father Richard Orr, Father Kevin Haynes, uh, Father Brian Dorr, uh, the Dzinskis, Father Ted Rothrock, etc., just a lot of great men who really were influencers for me. And then, like I said in my little survey that I turned in late, I apologize, but St. John Paul II had been an influencer for me just with his, you know, he was my Pope, you know, for so many years and then getting to read some of his, his contributions um, and his writings were, were pretty impactful. Hmm. Well, that's great. Uh, thank you so much for sharing some do you have any sage words of wisdom for someone who's just beginning their faith journey or someone who wants to share their faith with someone but is too afraid to? Do you have any wise words to tell some two different situations? But I want to see what you answer. So, I would say my sage words would just be to, you know, again, try to find friends who will support you on the journey because, you know, Christ gathered around himself a little band of brothers if the Lord needed that you know, who are we? (laughs) So just have your little band of brothers and sisters. And then as far as sharing your faith, just be not afraid, as John Paul II said, you know, it begins with love and with charity. You know, we're not supposed to impose our beliefs on others. We're supposed to propose and we need to trust the Holy Spirit to do the work. You know, if we can plant a seed here or there, uh, God's going to create the growth. So I don't know if that answered your questions. <laughs> yeah, so. nice. That's but great advice. A follow-up advice. question. Sure. A lot, of, a lot of problems that I've seen is definitely people who can't find their, their peers to run with, essentially, or can't find good friends to run with. What would you say to that if they just like, oh, my friends are bad influencers and I can't find anybody else? Well, I would say first, don't just kind of get rid of your, your friends who maybe yeah, are yeah. just influence because you know we know jesus mm-hmm. he went on the peripheries and he reached out to those who you know didn't know him yet or were living a light lives that you know you know weren't probably the best for them and he really kind of met them where they were at but i think you know joining you know a catholic parish that is active and engaging and providing ministries for young adults and for 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 adults i love in our home diocese we have so much opportunity with Curcio and Christ Renews His Parish and Bible studies and small faith group communities, Frasati Society, youth group, etc. All of these things, you know, can be helpful to help us find other disciples who are probably thinking the same thing as us. Like, hey, I, I need some good people in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to get active and you need to meet people versus, right. you know, spinning your, your thumbs at home, waiting for someone to knock on the door. No, go to your parish, talk to your priest, get involved. Yeah. Definitely. Great advice. 
So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? That, of course, is the theme of our podcast for Salted Caramel. So we want to know what keeps you salty or how are you staying salty right now? Sure. Thank you. Yeah, for me, something that's started in seminary and it continues to this day as a priest is just having priest friendships, having fraternity with priests. That's been really helping me because, you know, my brothers keep me accountable. My brothers check on me. My brother priests are my family. Not that you all aren't my family. You are my family too. But, you know, just to be able to have that support of my brother priests, that's been huge, including, by the way, spiritual direction and the sacrament of reconciliation as well. I think just time with our Lord in prayer is huge. The holy sacrifice of the mass, Eucharistic adoration, enjoying God's creation, you know, going on hikes or, you know, running on trails. That's for me, life-giving. And then my family, you know, I have a sister and her, you know, our whole family, a lot of them are are in New York. Um, But my mother instilled in me and my dad the importance of family. So just getting the opportunity to spend time with them keeps me uh, salty because they can call me out on my stuff and be like, hey, you need to be mindful of this. That, That honesty pill is helpful. (laughs) I've had to swallow it a lot myself. (laughs) Well, Father Janko, thanks so much for sharing with us today. And thanks so much for for serving our countries and our brothers and sisters in the military. You're welcome. God bless you all. All Appreciate your time. As you heard in Father Janko's story, that he talked a lot about fellowship and having that fraternity of priests to keep him accountable, to his family and friends to kind of watch over him, to help him swallow the honesty pill. And I asked him, how does he, how do you seek that out if you don't have those friends, if you don't already have that group? And he basically gave us our call to action was to seek out those friends, to, to seek out, go to your parish, to seek out what they're actually doing and the youth groups there, the life groups there, and how you can be involved. Because these people are out there, but if you're twiddling your thumbs, like he said, or if you're watching TV, or if you're just stuck in your own routine and never actually going out of your comfort zone, you're never really going to find these people. So the call to action is to invite somebody to coffee this next week and to deepen your friendship with them. And I hope you have a great week. Let's end with a prayer. God, our Father, I pray that through the Holy Spirit, I might hear the call of the new evangelization to deepen my faith, grow in confidence to proclaim the gospel, and boldly witness to the saving grace of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Stay salty.